we are back to another episode here of Oh Hey There. Oh Hey There. With my co-host, Jason Aponte. Jason, it kind of feels like we had our first episode together, uh, ha- had the transition, and then we haven't recorded for like a month. D- do you have that same vibes going on right now? Absolutely, especially when I see you gallivanting off in Cancun while I'm stuck in the house and everything as well, too. I mean, it's hard to do episodes with you when you're traveling the country, Mr. Luna. The NBA Finals was over, so just like, you know, I wanted to pretend like I was in the NBA, and once it ended, I was like, one, two, three, Cancun, and they Cancun. got out of here. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, if you guys haven't ever been to Cancun, I would definitely recommend going there. It is awesome it is fun there's a ton that i didn't get to do that i okay now i'm just sounding like if i'm wealthy so i'll stop i'll stop (laughs) uh everybody knows how to take out like a third mortgage to go but let's go ahead and get to a review here of the niners nation podcast network once again you guys leave five star reviews and five star comments we're going to go ahead and read it here on the show so we have a review from ben wyatt uh, subject line is Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, someone I love, obviously. And then he said, Ben said, my favorite podcast ever. Ben, thank you. Uh, much appreciated here from the Niners Nation podcast network. Uh, once again, five-star reviews. We're going to go ahead and read them out here on the show. Um, so, Jason, Yankees still in first place? Yeah, best team in baseball, still in first place last time I checked. But weirdly... Didn't play on Memorial Day or 4th of July. And that feels like an oversight by Major League Baseball. Love the Yankees or hate the Yankees. The Yankees should be playing on Memorial Day and the 4th of July. There's my rent. Yeah, that does sound pretty terrible. I'll I'll tell you what. Um, the reason why I asked you about how the Yankees are doing is just because the San Francisco Giants decided to win 107 games last season. And now they're just taking a deep dive. They're just going straight Michael Phelps right now. Um <sighs> It's tough times, tough times as a, as a giant. Like, I, I feel like I sound like a complete whiner considering they're over 500, but the the realistic fan in me is just like they're not making they're the playoffs. Signs. I don't, yeah, I don't care if they're over 500. They're not making the playoffs. Uh, they have no superstar on the team. Like, Buster, this is Buster Posey's first season since retirement. Um, so it's, uh, it's going to be a long season It's going to continue to be long. So I guess, you know, we'll have to talk more Yankees when we open shows or close <laughs> shows here because uh, the Giants aren't giving us anything positive to talk about. Well, the good news is the good news is that baseball is a marathon, right? In the same way that the Yankees right now are the best team in baseball, they could lose a bunch of games and maybe come back down to earth. But there's a lot of time to make things up. The only thing that will concern me about the Giants is Dodgers Padres are very, very good. And that's going to be a tough hill to climb. But there's like 12 wildcard spots and teams get a bye week now. And, and there's like <laughs> there's there's wildcard series. I had no idea until I looked it up the other day. And, and that's the thing that has me excited about the Yankees, that they have a chance to get this bye that now is all yeah. of a sudden in baseball. Yeah, a bye in baseball. Um, BB, you don't want I, that. Yeah, you know, there is a thing about staying hot and, keep, and keeping hot like that like the Atlanta Braves last season, like it, it is a real thing. But like I said, the Giants, they're not giving me anything positive to talk about. And you know who else is not giving me anything positive to talk about? PFF? PFF. You, you uh-huh. know what it is. PFF. Um, so recently, if you guys haven't been tuned in, uh, maybe you went to Cancun as well. PFF released their top 10 NFL rosters per mm-hmm. PFF Lindsay, um, which is Ben Lindsay of PFF. And the top 10 rosters rank as follow. One, Buffalo Bills. Two, Buccaneers. Three, Chargers. Four, Rams. Five, Packers. Six, Browns. Seven, Eagles. Eight, Bengals. Nine, Chiefs. And 10, Dolphins. One thing I would like for you to remember is... This is not a power ranking. This isn't top 10 best teams in the NFL. This is completely on paper. Um, so what I wanted to talk about with Jason is, all right, you you kind of want to throw a little shade the 49ers way. I don't, I don't think it was personal shade, but it's like, 
You really don't think this team's a top 10 roster? All right, let's look about it. Let's look at the 49ers schedule and see what team is essentially better, a better roster than the 49ers. Um, so we're going to go ahead and, and take a look here at the schedule. We're going to go, I guess, one by one. Obviously, we're not going to do the Seattle twice. We're not going to do uh, Air Cardinals twice. We're not going to do Rams twice. So week one, Bears. I Jay, I think we know the answer on that one. Yes, we do. It's the 49ers. Perfect. Two Seattle Seahawks. I, I, um, I don't think we have to own them since the U.S. Open already did. Let me just say. I feel bad for Drew Lock. Drew Lock is out enjoying <laughs> his day, doing nothing, right? Like just, and then he's catching strays from the U.S. Open Twitter account. Sure, it's funny as 49er fans to laugh at Seattle Seahawks ownage somehow misery, but you got to feel bad for Drew Lock a little bit. He didn't do anything. He woke up and he was just walking around and he got hit with a stray. Like that was just wild to me. Uh, I don't feel bad necessarily for Drew Lock. Um, because of his lifestyle and the position he's in, whether he succeeds or doesn't succeed, I would love to be in that position. I would love, so it, I guess I understand you when saying like the dude just catches strays nationally and just goes viral. Um, I understand that part for sure, but it's like, if I could reverse roles, I think I may be, as long as my family comes with me, obviously, as long as my family comes with me. Oh, don't don't get it twisted. Drew Locke's going to be fine. Like, he's fine. It's just odd that he would wake up and catch a stray from a tennis account and whoever <laughs> was running this tennis account. Like, that's what I mean. I, I feel bad because, hey, if a, if a football page owns you, if, you know, let's say the, the Arizona Cardinals social media team does something, the U.S. Open, and, and the problem is a Seattle Seahawks fan brought this on him. It wasn't something that just the, the U.S. Open woke up and said, I'm choosing violence. It was the U.S. Open in retaliation to the famous quote on every single sport that's not football, not a sport, not a real sport. And it was just a good comment. But I, it, you have to kind of feel for Julak like, damn, man, what did I do? Yeah. So basically, just to recap that, if you haven't been on social media, it's uh, the, the Sports Center. It was actually Sports Center's Twitter account tweeted a video of U.S. Open match and Seattle Seahawks fan commented saying not a sport. U.S. Open uh, basically went back on them um, saying, imagine calling us not a sport and yet you're going to sit and watch Drew Locke for 17 games. Fried them. <laughs> and then and then they posted a power ranking. Um, it was Chris basically, Sims. It was Chris Sims yeah, top 40. Okay, so Chris Sims top no, well, it, the top 32 power rankings. Well, That's it was top posted. He had 40. He had 40 of them cuz he has 40 quarterbacks that are on there and he's and the account said isn't there only 32 teams and Drew Lock was ranked under 32. So it's just uh complete ownage. So when you know the answer on that, Seattle Seahawks definitely not a better roster. Um I guess week 3 is a little interesting. Uh, Denver Broncos See, this one's tough. The Denver Broncos have a stacked roster in terms of pass rush. Their secondary, which is ranked higher by PFF, and I didn't really have a problem with it. You're talking about Patrick Sertain, Kwan Williams' revenge game as well. And then the Denver Broncos added that missing piece, Tom Compton, to their team, and that's really and that's really Stop. what is going to put them. I mean, I mean, you're talking Cut about the big, show. Cut the show. Cut the... But you're talking about big free agent acquisitions. That's the biggest. I don't want to hear about Russell Wilson. Nobody cares about that. Tom Compton goes over there, the highest graded run blocking offensive tackle in the league. Joins the Denver Broncos. The rich get richer. Um, no, but the Denver Broncos have a very very loaded roster. I would say that the Denver Broncos probably have a better roster than the 49ers top to bottom in a lot of places and court well quarterback matters quarterback matters and we all love Trey Lance we do mm -hmm. but Russell Wilson even in his diminished state he still is Russell Wilson and uh their running back room is better 
there's an argument to be made at their wide receiver room is a little bit better as well, too. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Timmy Patrick, um, Ken Hamler. Like, they, they've got weapons. Albert O at tight end. So there is an argument to be made for that. So, I, you know what? Maybe, um, you know, it's early in the morning right now. My mind isn't processing right now because this is when we're recording. Maybe I'm off here, but it's really close when it comes to the Denver Broncos and the San Francisco 49ers. Who's their running back as well? Javante Williams, some guy. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I heard he was all right. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, seriously, if you haven't looked at the Denver Broncos roster, I would advise you to, since obviously they're on the 49ers schedule this year, pretty early on week three. As Jason said, they have Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy at wide receiver. Those are going to be the top three targets. Garrett Bowles is a decent left tackle. If he could stop the holding calls, Dalton Reisner's is a decent left guard. Um, they they added Billy Turner from the Packers. Obviously, added Russell Wilson, Javante Williams, and in year two as a running back. Uh, they added DJ Jones from the 49ers. They have Bradley Chubb again. They added Randy Gregory from the Dallas Cowboys. Like they have one of the best safeties in the leagues, and Justin Simmons. Like this is a very talented roster. Um. Like I want to be biased and say 49ers, but base, but this is probably a, a coin flip here. It's yeah. probably a coin flip. Yeah. Um let's go ahead and look at the next matchup. Week four, Los Angeles Rams. This is really close. And a lot of people have issues with the way that the Rams do their business in terms of, well, they're gonna be in Capel soon and they don't have any draft picks. They're very top heavy. They've got stars. So Who have they lost? They lost Odell Beckham, but they added Allen Robinson. I would argue that's an improvement. Allen Robinson continues to be one of the most underrated wide receivers in this game. And he's going to play with his best offense and his best quarterback ever. And I think that he's going to show a lot of people some things. Cam Akers is coming back, which he miraculously came back from an Achilles injury within less than a calendar year, which is incredible. You add Bobby Wagner. Sure, you lose Von Miller. That can't help. You lose Andrew Whitworth. That is a bigger loss than I think that people want to realize. But the quarterback position makes up for so much of that. And the way that Matthew Stafford played last year, I mean, he played great. They won a Super Bowl, clearly. I'm going to still give the nod to the 49ers in this respect because top to bottom, they're better. But I do want to say this about the Rams. You do have all those top-heavy stars. You do send away those draft picks. You know, their, their, their motto is F them picks and everything. But they've done such a great job in the middle rounds hitting on guys who contribute. They don't have to be superstars, right? But they're contributors. So the it's not necessarily that everybody's just like, well, the Rams, all they do is sell for all their stars. They still hit on the middle rounds. So they've done a great job drafting. So I want to give them credit in that way. But I still have a hard time looking up and down this roster for the 49ers and saying that this team isn't better than the Rams. And I think that they are. When you say top to bottom, that they're very top heavy, the instant image I got in my head is basically say, say you go to Starbucks or or something like that. And you know how you get the cold foam and it's just really, really good. I pictured, you know, having that cold foam that that's really good. And then your coffee is instant coffee. It's it's like the top, the top, it's top heavy. It's really, really good at the top. But then you got instant coffee on the bottom, which we all know it doesn't hit the same as as you know coffee that comes out from from grains or or ones that you crush yourself. And um, looking at the Rams, it's it's kind of similar to that because if you look at the wide receiver positions, like yeah, they got the 49ers there. Obviously, you give Cup the edge over Debo. You give Allen Robinson the edge over Brandon Ayuk. Um, the offensive line. I like the 49ers in favor besides the center position. So now you're saying four out of five is in favor of the 49ers tight end. Give me Kittle over Higby Um, running back. I like Cam Akers, but he was very inefficient last year. And that's obviously going to happen when he comes back so soon from an injury like his. So that that also, too, and I want to point this out. Sorry to interrupt you that. And I also want to point out that when he came back, he came back and he faced literally every single good run defense. Yeah. The 49ers twice, 
the Tampa Bay Bucks as well. A lot of running backs, even when they're healthy, were inefficient against those teams as well, too. So, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. Maybe he came back a little bit too fast, but I think people are kind of closing the book on Cam Akers without that context no. that the 49ers were absolutely, like, devastating on run defense. So were the Tampa Bay Bucks. And just looking at these other positions uh, defensively, it's like who basically – has more pros compared to more cons um, or I guess more pluses to minus Uh, defensively. I would say you give the edge to Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald position by position. And other than that, the 49ers probably if I'm say, if I'm missing two, all right, well, the 49ers have seven out of 11 then. Um, But those are the main two that I'm going to say, okay, Rams have the clear edge on that. If you want to give the Rams two more, that's fine. But in in regards, the 49ers have seven out of 11 defensively. So I think the 49ers have a better roster. And the only thing that's kept these two teams apart is the quarterback position. So week five, Carolina. Yeah, uh, the 49ers have the edge. <laughs> okay. Um, I No need well, to talk about it. Who's their, week- who's their starting quarterback? Is it Jimmy Garoppolo? Okay, the 49ers hella have the edge at that point then. <laughs> oh, that's a straight. Jimmy Garoppolo's just out uh, enjoying his day and catching a straight. We might as well loop weeks six in with the rant or with the Panthers and say the Falcons as well. Yes, they have the edge on the Falcons. Okay, perfect. Week seven, Kansas City Chiefs. Ooh, see, this is interesting. You know, you can't tell me that losing Tyreek Hill makes your team better. And the addition of Sky Moore, I love Sky Moore. I, I have him ranked at number four in my wide receiver rankings uh, after Garrett Wilson, Jameson Williams, and Chris Olave. So that goes to show you how much I think of him. Uh, running back room, CEH, Jarek McKinnon, 49ers legend. Um, <laughs> it's hard. It, it, this one's tough. Uh, they added stuff on defense as well, too. There is a world where I could see you saying that the Chiefs have a better roster. But again, I have a tough time with that, especially because the 49ers boast so many of the best players at their at their their, their position, right? Left tackle, the best in the world. Tight end, it's one or two of these guys here. It's either Kettle, 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 Kittle or Kelsey, either one of those. Um, you're talking about running backs, kind of the same. You're talking about fullback, it's easy. That's Kyle Juszczyk. And then linebacker, who... It's pretty much Fred Warner and then everybody else. They don't really have anybody that's like that. So, you know what? I would give the nod to the 49ers on here, my bias self. Um, I, I think it's I think it's pretty close because I think offensively what helps the Chiefs is they have a good offensive line. Um, Joe Thune's good. Creed Humphrey is someone that I'm like banging my head on the table, wishing the 49ers had drafted him since you and I saw him up and close at the senior bowl. And um, he looks really good there. Trey Smith was really good for them last year. Travis Kelsey, obviously, um, top tight end in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think I give the, the edge to the 49ers because outside of, like, four positions, five positions offensively, it's kind of like the same thing defensively. I'll give them the edge at, at strong safety with Juan Thornhill there because I don't know what Hufunga is. I'll give him the edge for Chris Jones because he's obviously top three defensive tackle year in, year out the past few years. Stop saying that but, name. <laughs> but other than that, it's like, am I putting Nick Bolton over Fred Warner? Hell no. Am I putting Legarius Need over Charvarius Ward? Hell no. Uh, am I putting Rashad Fenton over Emmanuel Mosley? Hell no. So I think the 49ers um, definitely have the edge here over the Kansas City Chiefs as well yeah and and that makes a lot of sense as well too again quarterback play is is a lot of the reason that rosters are tipping the scales in certain ways you know Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes is such a difference maker whatever you're losing on defense he can make up on offense and I think that's a little bit of the methodology that goes into that PFF roster thing so in the same way that I'm outraged that the 49ers didn't make the top 10 you kind of understand why they haven't put them there and I think it's the quarterback position more than anything that is the the unknown Chargers week 10. This one's really hard. I mean, the Chargers added Khalil Mack, JC Jackson. They've already got Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, who's one of the most grossly underrated wide receivers in the league. 
They added Gerald Everett, who I think is actually going to be a difference maker for this team. You know, Nasir Adderley and um, Derwin James at, at safety. My goodness, man. This team is loaded. They're ready to go. Always look good on paper. It depends on how it goes on in the field. This one's tough. But again, quarterback tips the scales for this one. There's a world where I could see the the cha- Chargers having a better roster than the 49ers. I do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely see it. And and a big part that I look at is offensive line as well. Um, Rashawn Slater was one of the best uh, left tackles in the league last year. Obviously, you're not putting him over Trent Williams. Um, but I'm saying like he's one of the best in the league at his position. Corey Lindsay is one of the best centers in the NFL. Zion Johnson um, looks like he could definitely be really, really good at the right guard position. Um you, you know what's funny is you brought up Keenan Allen, and that takes me back to – I've said it plenty of times here. I'll say it again. I'm I'm here in San Diego, and that takes me back to when the Chargers were in San Diego, and his boys, basically, we were in an adult flag football league, and his boys had his own their own team, and he would, he would come to every single game, and his boys sucked. Like his homies, they sucked. They were, they were trash, and so, um, like I would dog them, whether I was playing corner or wide receiver. Like I would dog them, and um, it was just so ugly. Like they were getting shut out, and then I started just like trash talking Keenan Allen, like yo, come out here, come out here. I'll do the same thing to you. God knows that that would not happen, but I was just feeling myself in the moment. That's back when I was in shape. Um, I didn't have a beer belly. Um, so I was vibing. I was living my best life. And uh, no, he just stayed there. He, he was just shaking his head, hoodie on, just shaking his head. I was like, come on, I'll do the same thing to you. Um, thankfully for my for for everything, he did not step on that field because I know he would have ate me up. He would. He definitely would have. Part of me wanted this story to go that Keenan Allen takes off the hoodie and goes out there and routes you up, but I'm sort of glad no. that it didn't. Yeah, and so, yeah, he was very – Keenan Allen was very out here, like, w- with sports. He was even in a ba- – I don't know how the Chargers allowed it, but he was in a basketball league um, that my my cousin's friend uh, ran, and he was out here just dunking on o- over everybody, just straight dunking like nobody could guard him, straight athlete. Um, but yeah, part of that story, I wish, I wish he would have came out and, uh, ate me up. So I could say I got ate up by Keenan Allen. And then anytime I see it happen, say to the 49ers defensively over these past few years, I would have been like, Oh, I get it. I get it. I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna say anything negative here. I get it. There's no shame in getting eaten up by Keenan Allen. The best cornerbacks in the league can say it as well too. So I would use it as a badge of honor, almost like a PlayStation trophy in real life. Facts, facts. Um, so I, I think I'm giving the edge to the chargers here as well. Um, as far as roster goes, a lot of that has to do with Justin Herbert. So as of right now, like we're, we're 10 weeks in, I gave the edge or I gave a toss up basically with, with the Denver Broncos. And then I gave the edge to the chargers. Um, not too bad being 10 weeks in for a team that was not ranked in a top 10 for rosters. Right. This is hard, man. PFF has a lot of guys that are doing these lists, and and they're doing them based on their own way of doing it. Like this isn't something that PFF is putting out as as itself, right? Even though that their logo is on there, it's one person's list. So again, they know what they're doing. They've got us talking about it. They've got everybody else riled up. They know exactly what they're doing with all of this. It is to spark conversation, and this isn't us in any way dogging them. PFF, or uh-uh. you know, I, I hate for it to sound like, well, you just hate PFF. No, no, no. What they're doing is they're sparking conversation. We are taking the conversation and running with it. So it's not about them. They're doing a great job of what they're doing in terms of starting conversation. These next two ones, I think, are on the same scale. Uh, week ten and week eleven, uh, or excuse me. Week 11 and week 12. Week 11 is the Arizona Cardinals. And week 12 is the New Orleans Saints. I feel like they're kind of on that same scale. Well, I'm glad that you brought this up because the list of the PFF rosters was actually broken up by conference. And the top five NFC rosters were the Tampa Bay Bucks, Los Angeles Rams, Green Bay Packers, Philadelphia Eagles, and number what? five, and number five, 
was the New Orleans Saints. Jeez. Now, I've got issues now with that one, okay? New Orleans Saints at five on this top five NFC roster list bothers me a lot. Chris Olave is a great wide receiver. You know, if Michael Thomas can get back to exactly what he was or anywhere near what he was, great. Uh, Teron Armstead left. Uh, Jameis Winston still the quarterback. Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram. Uh, who's the other guy? It's Tony Jones. They have another guy that they just drafted. I have a hard time figuring out where it is that the Saints have what they have over the 49ers. Um, Marcus Lattimore is a great, a great cornerback. Uh, see, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's really good as well, too. They they add the Honey Badger. That helps a lot. I just I don't see how the Saints have a better roster than the 49ers. This one baffled me. And I understand that you're upset, too, with the Philadelphia Eagles one. We can get into that. But the Saints one, it, it was is prevalent that we bring it up, especially because we're at this part of the schedule. The Saints don't have a better roster than the 49ers. They just don't. No. No, they they absolutely don't. And I'm just looking at looking at their roster and sh- just shaking my head. Um, Marshawn Lattimore, really good corner, but he gives up a lot to Iron Matthew. Really oh, did like I say him. Marcus Lattimore? Wow, sorry. Got 49ers on oh. the brain. Yeah, that's that's early morning brain. That's my fault. But like their their back end is good. Like I like Paulson Adebo. I think he had a decent rookie season last year. They have Marcus May back there as well. I think their secondary is solid, but it's the front seven for me. Like yes, Demario Davis really good, but Pete Warner, uh, uh, Marcus Davenport. I feel like he he there's you know a little Jekyll and Hyde in his game. Shy Tuttle, uh. David, David, uh, and Yamada and eh. Cameron Jordan. Yeah, he's really good. Um, their offensive line is just like you said, they, they lost Armstead, which is a big piece of the offensive line. And to expect Trevor Penning to get in there, their, you know, rookie draft pick this year and expect them to have the same production. It's kind of unrealistic. We've seen that before with, with trying to replace DeForest Buckner with the high draft pick. But it's like Caesar Reese is still still not all there yet. Um, tight end, 49ers just completely kill the Saints on this one. How healthy is Michael Thomas? How how is Chris Olave gonna adjust in the NFL with with the Jameis Winston at quarterback, Jarvis Landry? Um, we'll see what happens there. So like, yes, they have a good roster, but uh, it's just to me, I'm not putting this over the 49ers, especially if a quarterback debunks a lot of the other disinficiencies. Right. And the thing is too, is coaching would have pushed this roster up. This isn't Sean Payton. That's going to be their coaching It's Dennis Allen and nothing against Dennis Allen. He's just not the coach that Sean Payton is. He's always put his players in position to succeed. He's a offensive genius, but he's not there anymore. And I could see that argument if Sean Payton was there because of look at what he did with Jameis Winston last year. Jameis Winston, before he was injured, had like 16 touchdowns and like three interceptions, something like that. That's insane. That's insane that you're able to reel him in to the point where, you know, obviously Bruce Arians offense is no risk and no biscuit. You throw everything down the field. Okay, we get that. But at the same time, Sean Payton does a phenomenal job of playing to his his quarterback strengths. I mean, he won games with Taysom Hill at quarterback somehow. And and that's the part that, that really should – jump out at you but that's not the that's not the case with this Saints team right is Dennis Allen and Dennis Allen it, it remains to be seen what he can do and can he uplift this roster but I do believe that coaching should be part of this equation in terms of roster unless it's just straight like roster right but a coach can lift a right. roster up hey the coach the coaches should be on the roster they should be there they should be there if that's the case then the 49ers not being there is even more egregious <laughs> Cardinals, I don't. I'm personally not going to touch much on them because they're to me they're not as good as the Saints on paper. So I wouldn't say that either. Yeah, yeah. Um, week thirteen. This is someone who was in the top ten. Miami Dolphins. This one baffles me. Okay, Teron Armstead, amazing um, tackle. Tyreek Hill, amazing wide receiver. Raheem Mostert, Chase Edmonds, Sony Michelle. You add that to the backfield. They already had a really good secondary. Xavier Howard, one of the best out there. I, I still don't see how this roster is better than the 49ers. I really don't. And I have a big problem with that. And I don't know if it's just because of the flashy names that were brought in. Yes, you've got top-level talent. Let's not let's call it what it is. Tyreek Hill, one of the best in the game. Teron Armstead, offensive line, that's really, really going to help them. But, man, no. 
they don't have a better roster than the 49ers. No. And and that baffles me. Yeah. Like you said, they they added Teron Armstead, which is cool. But then you look at the rest of their offensive line and it's, you know, we've seen what Connor Williams looked like in a Dallas uniform, especially in the playoffs. And they added him and and he's part of their offensive line. Um, it's it's just a lot of, you know, it's a lot of top heavy and then just a lot of question marks like what is what is this guy going to be they do have some some young players like Jalen Phillips I, I think he's a really good edge rusher but he's not say a complete yet so they're still developing in there once again it's the quarterback position I, I think Tua is still an unknown factor just like Trey Lance I don't think Tua's reached the ceiling so there's a lot of unknown with Tua um, their playmakers are really good but so are the 49ers um, and when I say playmakers, I'm talking about Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Mike Yusecki. Um, well, the 49ers have, have Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. So it's like they're pretty equal. Um, I'm just going to say equal as far as elite talent pass catchers. I'm not saying they're equal to Tyreek Hill or equal to Jalen Waddle because Tyreek Hill's achieved more than Debo. Waddles achieved more than Brandon Ayuk in Waddles one season. Um, obviously, you give Kittle the edge over Gasecki. So, like, they're not, I'm just going to say, equal as elite pass catchers. Um, but it's, yeah, it's kind of like, all right, Ty- Tyrod Armstead, and then the rest are question marks on the offensive line. Um, they have a really good back end. Same thing with the Saints, but then it's kind of like question marks. I'm not really high on Ro- Roquan Davis. Um, Christian Wilkins hasn't really popped out to me ever since being drafted out of Clemson. So it's just, I don't think I could give the Dolphins the edge with 49ers, and that's not being biased in any means. Nope, can't see it either. That was the one that jumped out at me immediately. And the fact that they didn't even have him as like 10 either. It's just like, oh, okay, all right. So we're just buying the hype. All right, cool. Um, And then after the, the Dolphins... It'll be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on week 14. It's kind of funny because they have three straight home games. Basically, if you want to look at it, four out of five, maybe, maybe five out of five because the Cardinals games is a neutral site. Um, so week 14, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think the Bucs have a better roster than the 49ers. I'm sorry, guys. And a lot of that has to do with their quarterback. And a lot of that has to show. do with, yeah, with their secondary. Um, Colin Davis... Sean Murphy Bunting, you know, you still have uh, Devin White, Levante David, like, you know, um, who Vita Vea is somebody that I feel like nobody ever talks about on their defense, Akeem man. Hicks. Like, yeah, like they're they're loaded, man. Leonard Fournette in the backfield with uh, they drafted. Oh, my goodness. I'm blanking out on his name. They drafted a running back Rashad White. Yeah. And and I mean, Godwin is coming back from an injury. Mike Evans is still. Mike Evans, we talk about a lot about underrated receivers. Mike Evans is doing something in this league that nobody's ever done and nobody ever talks about that, ever. Nobody. Not Jerry Rice, not Randy Moss, not Terrell Owens, not Megatron. What Mike Evans is doing to start his career. Yes, they've lost Gronkowski, but the quarterback makes up for so much of that, man. Yes, I have to say the Bucs have a better roster than the 49ers. They just have too many premium players at certain spots, and they have young guys who really, really are contributors. So, yes, I'm going to give the nod to the Bucs here. Since I'm giving them the nod, I'm not I'm not going to talk about them too much. I'm going to have to give them the nod as well. And the offensive line is really good. They have Ryan Jensen coming back, Shaq Mason, Tristan Wirfs, who's a hell of a player, Donovan Smith. Um, the one they got to figure out is all right. Let's let's see how left guard plays out. Um, since they did have a retirement there, uh, they added Hakeem Hicks, as I said earlier. <sighs> really, really, really good team. Really good put together. Um, and it looks like Todd Bowles is uh, maybe able to have a better go around this time than his first time as a head coach. Um, although it wasn't completely terrible his first couple seasons, he was much a, better than he was much better yeah. than he was given credit for. Yeah, I was gonna say he wasn't completely terrible his first couple seasons there. Um, the the roster was kind of bad and made him pretty competitive. And ever since he left, they've been just kind of a a clown show after that point. Um, so it, it's definitely going to be interesting. So out of all these teams so far, I still have, I only have the, the bucks and the chargers as far as over 
the 49ers in terms of a better roster. Week 15, we already did in the Seahawks. Week 16, Washington Commanders. Come on. Okay. Week 17, Oakland, Los Angeles, Oakland, Las Vegas Raiders. This one is actually really interesting. It's still the 49ers, but I think people are discounting the Raiders because of all the craziness they had last year. Coach gone, new coach in, all the stuff that happened with Gruden. But, man, adding Devontae Adams really changes the, the dynamic of that team. Darren Waller is a top three, top four tight end in this league. You know, ask him. He'd say he's the best in the league, and that's good confidence. I wouldn't agree with that. Derek Carr is a little bit better than a lot of people want to give him credit for. Offensive lines played very well. Um, they they have a pretty good roster, but the 49ers have a better roster. But it's a lot closer than people want to believe. Yeah, 49ers definitely have a better roster. And I would also say uh, they added Keelan Cole, who's probably a better deep threat than the shell of Deshaun Jackson was. Uh, maybe, maybe. That's debatable because last year Deshaun Jackson was actually – you know, he tore up the 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 Cowboys on Thanksgiving with, with deep passes as well, too. But again, <laughs> deep passes is not Derek Carr's thing. Derek Carr mm-hmm. wants to get the ball out quickly, and I think, you know, him and Devontae Adams will have that rapport, so maybe you'll see him push yes. the ball down the field a little bit more. But, yeah, I, I mean, that one's tough for me. Even in Deshaun Jackson's diminished state, it's hard for me to say that about Keenan Cole. Maybe just because I like Keenan Cole more than I probably should, um, and he's really fast and he's a deep threat. Your pro Keelan Cole propaganda has been clear for some time, Leo. <laughs> I, I definitely did have him on my fantasy team last year. There um, it is. And then each time I started him, he failed me for whatever reason. So then you uh, should not like him. Yeah. I don't, yeah, it, it's an awkward, awkward state. Um, they added Rocky Sien back there at corner. Um, they added Chandler Jones as an edge rusher. They they added Vernon Butler, so it's like they got some pieces there. It's uh, it's just figuring it out because when you look at okay, what positions are better than the 49ers? Because when it comes to coaching staff, you trust the 49ers and their coaching staff. So um, it's just like what positions are they better than? Um, edge rusher. I don't care what Raider fans say. It's always going to be Nick Bosa over Max Crosby. Um, as far as what they've done in their career so far. Um, Denzel Perriman, yeah, he does not hold Fred Warner's water. I understand he made a Pro Bowl last year. I understand he's a former Miami Hurricane, which I love my Miami Hurricanes, but no, he does not hold Fred Warner's water. Um, Trayvon Mullen, uh, uh, he's not bad by Mulrig, any means. Mulrig, I like him. Um, yeah, Mulrig, I like him. Um, Jonathan Abram, I, I feel like there was there was a lot of untapped potential that has happened with him. So it's just like, give me Jimmy Ward at that point. Jimmy Ward's been a better player since, he, since he's been in the league. So 49ers here, um, tell, your, tell your Raider fans that are still in the Bay Area or anywhere in California in general, because there tends to be a ton here in the state of California, 49ers have a better roster and it's it's... Not close, but then kind of close and not close again. Um, and then Arizona Cardinals, we kind of just stepped over because it's the Arizona Cardinals um, to end out the season. Like, there's really, especially if you counterpart coaching staff, like there's like there's not even a debate that needs to be had or a conversation. 49ers are just better. Like Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Buda Baker. All right, cool a wrap yeah uh I, I don't think that we need to discuss that too much yes the the 49ers have a better roster and, and have for a long time so let's go ahead and uh shift gears here we're already whoo a longer episode than we anticipated here so we'll get over these next two topics pretty easily um you heard jerry rice's comments over trey lance this past weekend right i did okay perfect and if you guys haven't heard it i'll go ahead and read some of the quotes here for you uh, Trey Lance, I think he's ready to go, Jerry Rice said. And I think he's incredible because he has that one aspect that Jimmy doesn't have. And that's the threat of running with the ball and stuff like that. So his mobility, his strong arm, and this guy, he's before his time. 
um, Jerry Rice said. And then he la- he went on to say he's a young kid, but he's very experienced, and I think he's ready to go. Um, so basically, what I wanted to ask you is Jerry Rice's comments genuine or like I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say it here is it cap or or no cap? It's no cap, but. And this is no disrespect to my favorite football player of all time and the person that made me love this game. All of that is surface-level stuff. For him to say the one thing that he does better than Jimmy is run, well, thanks for the breaking news, Jerry. Did you have to drink all that goat fuel to, to come to that conclusion? Here's the thing. A lot of fans have this weird way of picking and choosing what people say to push whatever narrative. So Joe Montana comes out and says, well, I've spoken to people in the locker room. They don't think Trey Lance is ready. And for all those people that are nervous about Trey Lance, oh, look, Joe Montana's the GOAT, and look what he said. But then Jerry Rice has been very vocal and very much in Trey Lance's corner. And, oh, look, look what Jerry Rice is saying about Trey Lance. Look, guys, love Joe Montana, love Jerry Rice. Those are player opinions. And what Jerry Rice said was very much on the surface. Many of us know that Trey Lance can run. I need to see it. I'm done with the talking. I don't care what opinions other players, former players, even the greatest that has played at their position have about this. Sure, it makes you warm and fuzzy in July, but I don't care. And this didn't really change any of my feelings, even though people are going to use this to run with their narrative. You know what I want? I want to see him on the field. I don't want to hear about quotes. I don't want to hear about what you think he can do. We all know that he has a better arm than Jimmy. We know that he's faster than Jimmy. We also know that there's more to play in the position than that. So just because Jerry Rice says something doesn't make me, oh my goodness, rah, jump out the window. Rah, rah, look what Jerry Rice said. Cool. Thank you for telling me something I knew. I'm just tired of all the talking I want. If I sound frustrated, it's because I need football to actually start because I'm tired of people talking about it. I'm going to call Cap. Like, I believe Trey Lance is ready to go as well, but I'm going to call cap because it's is Jerry Rice going to give his full evaluation of Trey Lance. No. Is he going to give what he truly thinks? No. Or is he going to be giving media buffers? He's just going to buff it up the whole time um, in regards to Trey Lance because he appears to have, taken Trey Lance under his wing in some certain way. They're on the field together. Trey Lance has goat feel freaking get ups and I don't. So I'm a little offended by it. Um, but it's just like, I'm going to call it gap because it's, it's not like Jerry Rice is going to say anything constructive in regards to Trey Lance. It's like, Oh, well, yeah, he can run better. Like, all right, cool. Like, are you going to give us anything of like, say when you guys were on the field having conversations like, okay, he understands like the defense in this aspect versus two shell, one shell. So like cover two aspect of it. Like, um, is he going to give us some educational, you know, conversation dialogue, or is it just going to be straight cap and be like, Oh yeah, he's ready to go. He runs better than Jimmy Garoppolo. It's like, so at that point, I'm just going to call it like how I see it. It's just media buffers. It's yeah. a slow week. <laughs> it's a yeah. It's a it's a fluff piece, and it, like I said, it's very surface level. But again, that doesn't change my projection of what I think Trey Lance is going to be. I I feel like he said every everything that he said was obvious, and and that's my thing is, it is a slow time, and everybody's looking to have quotes from people to either back their preconceived notion or back the narrative that they want. So whether it's the people that are nervous about Trey Lance and use Joe Montana's comments to take that and use it, or the people who are pro Trey Lance that are saying, well, if Jerry Rice says it, then it has to be true. Just remember, guys, just because you played the position, sure, you have a little bit more insight than uh, the regular person like Leo or myself, but it doesn't make your opinion gold. And again, it's still an opinion. And another thing, opinions can absolutely be wrong. A lot of people hide behind the idea of, well, it's my opinion. You know, yeah, opinions can be wrong. A lot of people will give an opinion that's just flat out wrong. Like, let's just say someone said Jared Goff is better than Patrick Mahomes. Oh, but that's my opinion. Yeah, your opinion's wrong. So you see how that works? Opinions can be wrong every single day, every day. 
just like the guy at PFF who said the 49ers did not have a top 10 roster in the NFL. That's his opinion, and it's wrong. <laughs> Perfect. Lastly, let's go ahead and get out of here. Um, people look at wins and think it's the end-all, be-all. So let's go ahead and look at wins and and just just think about it. Just ponder it. Are you going to take the first five years of Steve Mariucci and his three 10-win seasons? Or are you going to take the first five years of Kyle Shanahan and his two 10-win seasons, which in a 16-game season would have just been one 10-win season? Well, you have to think about context. Steve Mariucci took over a team that still had Steve Young as its quarterback. Okay? Yep. Yep. Kyle Shanahan had to rebuild this roster from the ground up. And a lot of people criticized the way that he went about the quarterback in the beginning. Brian Hoyer was there, but he was fine and content. And I think we all know the plan was Kirk Cousins. And and sure, that, that made them not look take a look at Deshaun Watson. Maybe that looks a lot better now, all things considered. Didn't, they didn't look at Patrick Mahomes. But from what he built, which was from the ground up, a NFC Championship appearance this close to going to a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl appearance with this close to winning the Super Bowl, Steve Mariucci, even with... Steve Young, Jerry Rice, Terrell Owens. They beat the Packers, and then I'm old enough to remember Garrison Hurst hurting his ankle against the Atlanta Falcons. Who knows how far that team would have went? But we're not talking about hypotheticals at this point because if we were, well, what if, you know, one more pass gets completed in the Super Bowl or 3-16 doesn't happen? Then it's not even close. But I give me Kyle Shanahan. He had to build this team from the absolute ground up, from the ruins, as opposed to inheriting one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and the greatest wide receiver and the second greatest wide receiver on the same exact team. That's why you win 13 games the first year, 12 games the second year. Notice when Steve Young goes away, it turns to 4-12, and 6-10. Funny how that works, huh, Leo? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, um, say, 50 years from now, people don't have context behind this. And they're just going to look at it and be like, well, well, Mariucci was a better coach, right? Because he had more wins. Um, that's why you get context into all of this. And with with Steve Mariucci, like you said, yeah, he, he took over a would-be Super Bowl winning team. But then it's kind of he got Jeff Garcia in there and they just weren't winning anymore to the level that they were like, it was literally a fraction at that point. Um, and the odd thing about it is, I don't know if it's necessarily odd, but Jeff Garcia had more experience than Jimmy Garoppolo. Jeff Garcia had San Jose state. He had Canadian football league. And then he, he came in with the 49ers compared to, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo sat a lot of time behind Tom Brady came with the 49ers and then won five straight games immediately with an abysmal roster. That has to do with coaching. Um, so it's definitely give me Kyle Shanahan, uh, Steve Mariucci, and, and those Steve Mariucci, you know, um, people that, that are going to give him the edge because there's there's definitely people out there. There's people that wanted Kyle Shanahan gone midseason. So it's uh, you guys could have the 13, the 12, and the other 12 win season in that first five years there. But I would rather have Kyle Shanahan because I think, like, come on, like, both times he went to the playoffs in that five-year stretch, they won two playoff games. Mariucci never won two playoff games in his entire career as a head coach. And let's talk about impact. Not only the Shanahan coaching tree, and there's so many guys who yep. are, you know, uh, we're talking about LaFleur, McVay, those guys, right? Zach Taylor. But the entire league, whether it's the entire playbook or certain things, is running Shanahan stuff, whether it's motion, whether it's uh, pre-snap, all the things that he does with, you know, that, you know, Kyle every year is bringing different wrinkles to it. A lot of that had to do with Mike McDaniel, too, in terms of the running the ball last year. They found new ways to create angles for their running backs. That's really good. But the influence that Kyle Shanahan has across the league, you could literally make the case that all 30 teams, all 32 teams in some way or another are running something that Kyle Shanahan is either implemented Maybe his father has, but the entire system sometimes is in people's buildings. The Jets have it now. The LaFleur's been running it. McVay, uh, Zach Taylor. It, it, the list goes on and on. 
So, and now Mike McDaniel's taking it over to, to Miami. Everyone seems to want to get a piece of that. Unfortunately, Steve Mariucci was never that sort of football mind. So, yes, give me the guy who is being mimicked across the league. Give me the guy who had to build this team from the bottom up. Give me the guy that came this close to winning a Super Bowl and winning more playoff games in one run than Steve Mariucci did, even when he had Steve Young. All right, tell me in an elevator pitch, because um, I know there's going to be some people that take this away. What do you mean, Kyle Shanahan's offense? The West Coast offense has been along since Vietnam, Jason. No. So ex- explain, explain it, explain it. <sighs> There's aspects to the West Coast offense. Sure, it's in there. And it's in there basically since Bill Walsh has put it out there for almost everybody. But the things are that Kyle Shanahan has been able to implement in terms of shifting linebackers with motion, in terms of creating run gaps, creating angles with, with the running game and, and doing things that catch people off guard in terms of knowing personnel, knowing who to attack, you you know, attacking linebackers with guys in short areas. It's, it's things like that, that people are trying to figure out and put together right now and put in their offenses. That's the difference. West coast offense is about quick passing and getting it out quickly. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan has that in it, but, the, the innovation comes from the shifting of, of, of players, being able to call out your coverages by just shifting people over and, and knowing where to attack and, and understanding those things. Does Kyle Shanahan have a little bit of growing to do in terms of late game situations and putting games away? Sure. Everybody, nobody's perfect. And, and for a long time, Andy Reid had similar concerns, uh, you know, with clock management and things like that. But in terms of innovation, come on, man. Like this is this is the stuff that it goes it goes beyond the West Coast offense. This is Kyle sprinkling on it and him adding things onto it every single year, adding new wrinkles, which he always does. That was probably the best elevator pitch I've ever heard. And I've been in sales for a while. So I appreciate you on that. Um any last comments here before we get out? Because obviously we're not gonna put out uh anything until next week. No, uh, you know, glad that you're back. You know, I hope you had a good time in Cancun. And uh, it's July 5th, meaning the 49ers report on the 26th. Can't wait to get to the training camp so I can actually talk about actual football so we don't have to hear <laughs> about, you know, which former player says that Trey Lance is ready. We can start talking about him actually being ready and, and things like okay. that. So, so uh, yeah, getting closer and closer to actual football. Hold on, guys, you know, just, just a little bit longer. You're going to have to deal with a little bit more clickbait stuff in terms of who's a better roster, who, you know, is Jimmy G going to be quarterback one this year? You'll see those posts and and everybody understands, knows how to shake up the hornet's nest that is the 49ers fan base. So just hold on, guys. We're that close and we're getting that much closer. Yep. We're exactly 21 days away, three weeks away on the dot. Shout out our producer, Rob, here that, that made me realize like, oh, my God, it is on the T three weeks away that we'll have 49ers training camp. Um, if you have not yet, please rate, review, subscribe to the show, as well as follow Jason on Twitter at JasonAponte2103. Um, same thing on Instagram, except it's J instead of Jason. And you can follow me on both Instagram or Twitter at LeoLuna93. What a great show, Leo, and I'm glad that you're back, man. Rob was talking about replacing you on the last episode. I don't know if you got a chance oh, to bet. hear that. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, apparently, he was saying the whole plan was... Uh, for him to slowly phase you out and then Rob and I get to do a show. So I just wanted to, yeah. Know. So basically I'm, I'm kind of like Kyle Shanahan to where it's like, Oh, we like him. Wait, fire that guy. Oh wait, we like him again. And it's, uh, it's just the whole cycle effect that's going on. Sounds like this team's going to have to make a super bowl run for you to keep your job, Leo. No pressure, buddy. <sighs> that's why I got Trey Lance here. Trey Lance is, you know, he's going to save my tenure with this team. So I, you know, appreciate it. All love and support. Go Niners. <laughs>